Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson I've got Coach Mike Wallace with me here tonight uh, We've got a good show for you uh, but before we get started, I uh, want to talk about the college playoffs. Um, me and him have different opinions on that, and, uh, you know, some of you may not even know what's going on. Um, I think that um, Clemson is the number one team, Oklahoma's number two, and Georgia's number three, and Alabama snuck in there at number four, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, Mike, I know our opinions are different because we talked about it long before they ever started. And, um, you know, I, I, when I told Jennifer when they were playing that if Ohio State got in there, the two teams that I wouldn't want to play right now would be Oklahoma and Ohio State. And sure enough, they didn't get in there. Um, I think uh, Alabama, I mean, I'm just, you know, in my opinion, like I say, we have different opinions, but I think they got it right because they've only got all one-loss teams in there. Well, that's where we differ. I mean, um, the top three teams we got, I agree, Oklahoma. I agree, um, uh, Clemson. And I agree with uh, Georgia, okay? All three of those teams are conference champions. And I just don't agree with Alabama, and it's just my opinion. I don't agree with Alabama getting in because I think you have to hold some water for a conference champion. Now, you talked, we talked together about it and said that last year they didn't do it. And we didn't have, this show wasn't on last year. And I, I believe they got it wrong last year um, that if you win a conference champion, doesn't matter if, if you are a conference champion, whether you're five and six or whether you're 10 and two or if you're 11-1 or undefeated, I believe that if you're a conference champion in one of the top power conferences in the country, then you should be deemed, no matter what your record is, if you win the conference championship, you should be deemed as one of the top 14 best teams in the country. Well, I I see where you come from, but what about USC? They won the Pac-12. That's one of the power five conferences. Or, or do you put them? You've only got four spots. Well, so we, that goes to – that goes to another conversation that me and you had that 
four, how can you say we're going to let the four or take the top five power conferences or whatever you call them, but we're only taking four, and then you actually only take three because Alabama gets in when they don't even play in the conference champions. So to me, it, it seems like that if they have more teams to this playoff, then you take the champions from those power five conferences and whoever the other top three teams is beyond that, you take eight teams and you let them play. Now, if, you know, a lot of people say, well, then they're playing longer and they got games to play. Well, knock off some of these cheap games. I mean, like Alabama played, um, I don't know, some Mercer or somebody. Mercer, it was. It was really? Mercer. I mean, come on. This but, late in the season. Yeah, so – you know, to me, if I mean, if you say Ohio State should get in, then what about USC? Well, I'm looking. I'm trying to pull up USC's uh, overall record. I'm not sure what they but were. You said I, it didn't matter the overall record. Well, I'm talking about whether or not that they are actually. Uh, I know that they won their conference, but I'm trying to see as far as who they lost to. Okay. Um, now you're right. Absolutely, I agree. USC should be in the conversation. But USC really hasn't been in the conversation all year, well, and so that's 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 a little bit of a difference. USC wasn't even in the in the conversation uh, hardly at all. Uh, it just recently when they started talking about Alabama losing. Well, now they're thinking, okay, now maybe USC can get in. You're right. I firmly believe that the college playoff should consist of is all these power conference uh, 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 champions should have a firm seat, and then you do just like you do in the NFL. You have those wild card, which would mean your number two teams in a conference or your number two team out of the SEC or your number two team out of the Big 12, and you put those in brackets and you let them go. You can't win the Super Bowl without winning a divisional playoff. You can't do it. You have to win a divisional playoff, and you have to hold that spot to get into the, to the Super Bowl or to see in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not an ESPN guy. I'm not as smart as these guys are. I don't know all the analytics. But it just seems to me from the eye test, that if we the more teams we have in to like that, I think it just would be a better system. Well, you you got to win the conference. You don't have to win a division in the NFL because you can get in with the wild card. But and you go can't. On but, and you, win, but you can win the AFC conference. Right, but you have to right. win a divisional round. Yeah, right. a game in the round. Right. Right. You have to win a divisional okay, round. Okay, so that brings to the next top. What and like you said, what about UCF? They're undefeated now. If anybody's watched UCF play, and I got to watch them play that Memphis game. Hey, man, that was a great game. They beat Memphis twice. They beat – I forget who you told me they'd beat before. So, here again, we got a team that's undefeated going to play a team with three losses in a bowl game. So, at that point, you know what I'm saying? You're right. It's, where, it's, where do, you know, and I know, look, it's to me it's better – than it was before when they had that, uh, what was it, BCS? The BCS West. system. This is better, but they need to add more teams to it because, you know, I, I firmly believe it's just my opinion because of the one-loss teams, I think they've got it right because I think that those two games are going to be great games. I, I, I believe so too, and but I, I, I think they're going to be great games. Right. But I here here's a suggestion. Let's leave the top four alone at the end of the year and have a vote for four through eight. Leave your top four teams alone and vote in four through eight. 
Now what you're doing is you're taking and, like, you're leaving those top four teams in the country. You're leaving them alone. You're not messing with them. How they fall, wherever the cards may fall, that's where they end up. Then you're going to take your four through eight and let that group of 13 or 12 individuals decide on who are going to be the four through eight. We will have a lot less bickering, I believe, in the end, because nine times out of ten when we see the bickering, it's somebody being left out of the top four. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, when um, Ohio State beat uh, Wisconsin the other day, I think Alabama was sitting there smiling like – I'm sure they were. Like you wouldn't believe because that was their chance to get in because they're thinking, you know what, Ohio State got in the way I think we're getting ready to get in last year because Penn State won the Big Ten but didn't get in, but Ohio State got in. So I think Ohio State got a little bit of their own medicine this year. And, I I mean – I just, for me, and I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, but when you start talking about the Power Five conferences, that's the Big 12, the Big uh, 10, the SEC, the Pac 12, and ACC. So you got five Power Five conference champions and only four spots. So. Who who do you leave out there? You see what I'm saying, and and that's where I think that that it's wrong, and that's where I think that there's gained the ground. So I think with doing what they did by leaving Ohio State out, by leaving USC out, Alabama getting in, um, I myself I think they did the right thing. Now I will say this: I don't think Alabama is the team that they used to be. Um, well, that's what I was getting right. I think. I think they the one game that I watched, they had some injuries in the secondary, and I don't think their offense is ex, as explosive as it has been. And I don't – you know, everything in me wants to pick Clemson to win this game, but just because Nick Saban is there and the way he does things, I'm, I mean, I, I think it's a pick game, honestly. You know, I don't think it, you know, I think it could go either way, but I'm going to take um, Alabama and Oklahoma to win the two games. Um, I don't know if I'll go as far as Alabama winning. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't think that they're as, as good as they have been in the last five years, six years, where they're just dominating, whether there has been no other team but Alabama, the clear-cut favorite. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I think that going back to the talk of conference champions and how much that holds water, the Big 12 this year, for the first time in a long time, has held a conference championship strictly because they know that they have a shot to be into the, in the top four. So they go and they have themselves a conference champions in Oklahoma winning it outright when they deserve it. They're in there. So I think maybe there is something to that about having that. It, it's got to hold some water. I know last year it was the way it is, and this year it's like, you know, like I said, we have different opinions about it. Right. I'm certainly not an expert on it. Well, me um, But uh, I, I just, you know. Well, I can say this. I for sure wouldn't want to play Oklahoma because that Baker Mayfield guy is just a winner. And, I mean, he's tough. He's just got that it factor. And, to me, I, I think they're going to be the team to win it all. I, I just – I don't know at this – I mean, I've watched them play a bunch, and I watched them struggle in a game or two. But when it was on the line and they needed somebody to step up, this dude 
can do it. And he's, you know, he sort of relishes that moment. And that's, you know, that's what you've got to have, I think. Yeah, they, they struggled a little bit in the Big 12. They lost some games maybe they should have won. They lost to Iowa State. Um, uh, they struggled against Texas. But that's the Red River rivalry. That's always a tough game. Um, uh, they struggled a little bit about uh, against Baylor, but they ended up blowing them out of the water the second half. But the key is, and you know it as well as I do, playing hot at the right time. And Oklahoma, without a doubt, is playing the best football. Uh, now, Clemson looked really good. Uh, they looked really good. Um, uh, who was it they played? Was it Miami? Miami? They, yeah, well, Miami. Miami was, I think, overrated a lot. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. they still, they look good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm picking Clemson and uh, a one-and-two matchup in the national championship game, Clemson-Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I'm taking Alabama and Oklahoma, and I'm taking Oklahoma to to win it all. So Baker Mayfield will win the Heisman. Well, I he, do believe he that. should. He should. Um, well, that uh, that's our uh, you know that's our little debate there. So I'm right. We've been uh, <laughs> we've been debating this long before it even happened on the way back from a UT game, and it happened just like I figured it might. So, but anyway, the topic for tonight is finding the right coach and a coach finding the right team. Now, for me, the right coach is always a hard and tough decision. They definitely have to have the same goals and, uh, you know, same things, the same goals in in mind when they're hiring them. Mike, you, you know how I feel about this because, I met with you, what, three times before, you know, I, we ever got together, uh, you know, to really, you come coaching or help coach well, our team. It was three times before you decided to do right. that. And, and, my, <laughs> and my wife said, he probably thinks, man, you're trying to screen him like you're going to pay him a million dollars. And I said, well, you know what? I just want to make sure that he knows what we expect and I know what he's thinking. And, and you know what? It, it was for the best. You know yourself. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree. I think uh, you know I would have done the same thing, uh, and, and I've been the head coach before, and I'm look for assistant coaches, and I wanted needed to make sure that they were going to be on the same page as I was, that they had the same beliefs that I did. Um, much like you have a, a a parent, you know, your mom and your dad, they're on the same page as they're rising, raising your children. Well, your assistant coach and your head coach certainly have to be on the same page because your child is the football team. Yeah, well, you know, and people don't realize that. If you get this wrong, I mean, you're talking about setting the team so much farther behind and way behind than they were before when you fired the previous coach or when he left or whatever the situation might be. And, I mean, I've seen this the last several years at the University of Tennessee. Well, and they're, they've – have they even settled yet? I think they have an athletic director, but they still haven't had a coach. Yeah, listen, when you're – when you're looking looking for a, a if you're a team looking for a coach, um, the coach has to bring a set of t- to the table a set of values uh, and, a, and a set of core beliefs that he is ultimately going to make the team better and function and make it better than it was before he got there. And you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Tennessee, but I'll tell you how at this level, that's really tough to find. Really tough to find. Yeah, you know my myself. I I like the kind of head coach that, that's not a yes person. That I mean, it's gonna say whatever you know they need to say, no matter what people, the fans, the media, all that. I mean, I believe that's why I like 
Mike Leach. I was hoping they got Mike Leach. I like that guy because you got to stand your ground on things that you believe in, not when you're getting the pressure from these other people to say what they want you to say. And, you know, I take a lot of heat because my two favorite coaches are Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Now, not that I like those teams they play for necessarily, but I love the way they coach. I mean, you never see them. I mean, if they're behind, I mean, you see grimaces on their face, but they never look like they're they're lost. It. I mean, look in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, Bill was just as calm as a cucumber. Now, I have seen go over and rally him, and this, that, and other. But they people hate him because they win so much, I believe. And when they have those press conferences, they say what they want to say. They don't get bought into what the media says and all that. People say, well, you know, Bill, he's this and he's that, and here's what he says. But what do they do? Those two guys, what do they do best? They win football, they win football games. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Bill Belichick, the man of few words, um, and he's, you know, again, you can't you can't argue with him. Proof is in the pudding. Um, and, you know, it's funny how you say that. Whenever I see him rallying the troops, they're always winning a football game. He doesn't want them to let off, you know, and that's what, that's what I, I like about Belichick. I'm not a Belichick fan, per se, but I do love his style of coaching. Um, and, you know, you know, what can you say about him? The guy's just, just well, a winner. Well, you know, I think, I think a, a lot of what is wrong in sports and our country is people are just afraid to say what they want to say. Mm, you absolutely. know, they're afraid of offending somebody else or this, that, and other. You know, afraid they might lose their job. Hey, you know what? Thicken up your skin. Take it just as it is. If if you need help on your team, your coaches are not doing their job. Hey, man, they got to step up. Your players need to be better players. They need to hear. If the media don't like what you got to say, then tell them to move on. Yeah. So you're what you're looking for are coaches. If you're a team looking for a coach. You're looking for um, you're looking for a coach that's going to take that time and coach his team, coach his players to make them better. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has to have that method of doing it and making sure uh, that it gets done. Yeah, I just you know when I sit back and um, listen to these uh, coaches do their press conference, I mean it's like these these media people bait them in to saying things and then they want to turn it around and say, um, you know, well, you said this about your team, when they actually, you know, sort of turned that around. And that's what, when you see Belichick and Nick Saban, <clears throat> excuse me, those guys walked up to that mic, they're not going to get bought in to that. They know what they're going to say. They're not going to give you too much information. Most times they're not going to give you anything you want to hear. Right. Well, they're they're standing up for their core beliefs. They're standing up for their team. They're standing up for everything that they believe in that uh, a head coach needs to. Uh, and and the thing I love about it, those two coaches is that those assistant coaches that they have, you can tell just by the success that those teams have had that they have bought into the system, and that when a coach, an assistant coach, leaves either one of those teams. We just saw it with um, uh, the guy that coaches the Florida Atlantic. Yeah, uh, uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. He's what? They go undefeated or close to three. Or ten and three. Win their and they win their conference. Yeah. You know where he came from. Yeah. All right, so he came from Alabama. Yeah. All right. So the coaching tree. Kirby Smart. Kobe, Kirby Smart. You know, the guy to uh, 
Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, you know, the guy at South Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I just think that these teams stop and think enough on – they panic, you know, um, should we get this person, should we get there? And, I mean, it's like Tennessee, I firmly believe. They're just going to settle now. You know, instead of being aggressive, well, I think the guy that they fired as AD, he was being aggressive. Right. Um, I think it cost him his job. I mean, a lot of people like Philip Fulmer. I'm not a big Fulmer fan. I didn't like the way he played. Um, I think they're going to be conservative in picking a coach. I think uh, he wants the type of coach that he uh, was. And uh, so I think they're going to be uh, settled for a conservative coach. Well, I mean, you know, and, and listen, conservative isn't bad all the time. It's not good all the time. But I'm telling you, to be aggressive is the way to go. you got to be aggressive. Uh, to be aggressive as a coach of what you're looking for in a team and to be aggressive as a team what you're looking for in a coach. When you settle, you're going to settle for the worst and hope for the best. All right? You're not settling for the best and prepared for the worst. And there is a huge difference in those two philosophies. And so we'll, we'll find out exactly how that works out. Yeah, I, I see it all the time with these um coaches during these games and, and I'll tell you something else that really gets me is listening to these commentators call these games and you know, a team well they shouldn't go for it here and they shouldn't go for it there. I mean, if you're outmatched, you've got to do everything in your power to steal plays, to get that lead, to take chances. I mean the end result is the same. And do whatever you need to 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 win that game. And I get so tired of hearing these commentators that make millions of dollars to to give opinions that I think middle schoolers would say. And, uh, you know, I, I like an aggressive coach. I like uh, coaches that say what they want to say, not what everybody else wants them to say. Um, hold their coaches accountable, you know. Uh, you see Nick Saban on the sideline chewing out his coaches, you know. I'm sure he gives them um, the – schedule of, of the way things he wants done, you know, the plays he wants run, uh, the players. I mean, I know they sit and talk about that stuff. And when these people ain't on the same page, he goes to the coaches. And, I mean, you know, that I think that's the way it should be. Well, let me ask you this, Coach. If you if we're looking for coaches all the time, we're about to want the right coaches. Right. What are the things that you look in for you personally? What do you want in an assistant coach? Or let's say you're just the owner of the team. What would you be looking for the head coach in this team? Well, I want I want somebody like myself that that is very very accountable, straightforward. Ain't gonna kiss nobody's butt. Gonna say what you need to say, and when you go out there on the field, you approach that game aggressively. Now, women's is a little bit different than men because they don't have the resources that college and NFL teams have and the personnel. But I want a coach that, first of all, is going to be there all the time, um, you know, that's going to hold the girls accountable as he holds himself accountable or her. Um, you know, just I want them, I'll be honest, I want them to be like myself. That's just bottom line. You know, some people might not think that's good, but I want them to think like I think. So what would you – now, I'll, I'll tell you on the other side, actually. On the other side, when I was meeting with you and I think – uh, since you gave what you felt a coach should do, what I thought a team should have 
really, first and foremost, a team should have a solid foundation, and that's what I look for. Um, I, I've only been uh, an assistant coach maybe a handful of times, and each time I'm looking for the foundation that a team has with the ability to play and win football games, to compete. Now, I'm not saying you have to win football games. I'm looking for a foundation because once the foundation is secure, okay, then, you know, it's just like a foundation for you build a house. You can't build a house without the foundation. You don't build it first, right? So the foundation, the house is around it, and then you move in and live in it. Well, I'm looking – that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a foundation, some somebody that had the core beliefs. And I'm I'm glad, actually, that we met three times yeah. uh, because it, it really got a lot of it uh, out on the table of what it was that we expected from each other. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, I, and, and it's, some people will probably think, well, you know uh, – why were you expecting anything from a head coach? Well, I want to know if my head coach is going to back me up. Yeah. And you know, listen, I think it's been I think it's been a great a great fit. And uh, but that certainly is a key that I was looking for. Yeah. Well, you know, the everybody, and I think that's one thing that these teams now they could do the research. I, I shouldn't say that, but to me, like when Tennessee hired Derek Dooley, they. They didn't do the research enough, as far as I'm concerned. Which, I mean, look, they—I mean, I guess they settled again. I don't know. It just don't seem like that. You know, Jimbo Fisher. Who would ever thought he left Florida State? You would have never. Texas A&M. They go after him. You know, he's the kind of coach that shoot. I'd love to see Tennessee get. You know, Mike Leach. I mean, look at what this guy did at Washington State before he gets there. They're terrible. I mean, you look at Scott Frost, what he did at UCF. Two yeah. years ago, they were 0-12. Now they're 12-0. and We're just letting all these guys get by here at Tennessee. <clears throat> and I know, you know, we're just peons in this big world. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, them guys don't know nothing. They play at a small level. Look, it, it don't matter what level you play at. You still got the coach. And I'll guarantee you this, out of all the coaches, I know that coach high school, middle school football around here, they couldn't take the teams we've taken and do what we did with them. I don't think they've got enough gumption in them to stick with their beliefs, to get down on ground level, to go through the basics, fundamentals, to teach these girls enough to get them to the level that we have to win as many football games as we have. And I think, you know what, and I'm not, you know, wanting to toot our own horn, but that's one thing I can say, that we give everything we got to win football games, to get these girls ready to play where we can win football games. Yeah, listen, I I definitely think that we may not be getting paid to play football, but I definitely, or coach football, sorry. I, I definitely think that coaching at the minor league level, especially women's football as a coach, you definitely earn that position uh, because, you know, the fundamentals are taught more than, uh, than anything else. And um, so we, uh, I think we earn every bit of uh, our, uh, our headaches. Yeah. Uh, But listen, just real quick on Tennessee. How does Jimbo Fisher leave Florida state and Tennessee, not even have a a hand in whether or not he's coming to Tennessee or not go straight to Texas A&M? I don't know. I guess because they, (laughs) paid him so much money, but my my theory is this. Jimbo Fisher, his record stands for itself, and 
time you pay two or three coaches along the way, if you don't get the right one, time you play two or three coaches along the way, you could have got him and paid him that amount of money and not had to go through the headache of finding two or three coaches. So, you know, that's that's my opinion on it. Um, you know, like I say, a lot of people care less about our opinion, but, um, you know, as far as hunting, <clears throat> you know, the right coach, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, what gets me is like Jennifer said yesterday, latest news was Tennessee was going to hire less miles. And then today they come out and they're going to hire Georgia's offense or defensive coordinator. I mean, are, how many meetings could you have with these people? How much talk could you be in with all these people to know if you're getting the right person? I mean, me and you met three times for a couple hours each time. I'd talk to people about you, and you'd talk to some people about me and, and all this. And, I mean, we're talking small stuff compared to them. So, I don't know, man. It, you know, it's interesting to see it, what happens. Well, it's, it's either that or somebody's not liking what Tennessee's selling and maybe less miles backed out. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, we, we should see. We'll see what happens. But also, now the other side of, of the coach finding the right team. You know, I think a coach going to the right team is also really, real important. I mean, if the personnel ain't there for the guy to do the things he wants to or they're not um, set up to go after that personnel right away, I think that has a lot to do, and that could be the deal with Les Miles backing out. It very well could be. whatever he did. It very well could be. I, I, like I said, that's, something is – Something is not right in Knoxville, and I and I know we're not we're not trying to bash right. Knoxville, but or Tennessee, but there's just is something is not right in there, and I, I just I mean I I don't know I I can't really it just really baffles me. Um, I'm just really I'm not even a fan of Tennessee, and I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> yeah, well I think you know also as a coach you want I mean I I know myself I mean I'm gonna judge it as as the way I would perceive it. As a coach, I want to go to a team that's going to let me do the things I need to do, not be breathing down my back. You know, you cannot – I mean, I firmly believe whoever takes over Tennessee, if they go 500 the first year, it's a success. You know, if they go just a little bit better than 500 the guy's second year, it's a success. And by the third year, you should be up around eight wins. By the fourth year, you're getting your third-year players in there. You should be competing at Tennessee with the resources they have. You should be competing for that SEC. Now, when you hire a guy, whether me and you think it's the right guy or not, you've got to be willing to let this guy have four, at least four years opportunity to get some of his players in there, just like we say, his personnel. There's, there's no way you can, you can get. I mean, I guess if he goes over, you know, first year or two, you can let him go. But I mean, at some point, you got to give the guy a chance, you know. And he, he needs to be able to do whatever he needs to do to get who the what players, you know, like, you know, sometimes me and you differ on where players should play. You know, you might have see a different idea about them than me, and. That's always going to happen. So I think the end result of winning has got to be on your mind when you go to a team. 
Well, I think uh, certainly when you're talking, even though it's football, when you're talking our level and, and Tennessee, it really is apples and oranges as opposed to pay. I mean, there's a lot riding on it. There's a lot of money involved there. But when it comes down to this level, if you want to keep a coach then and a coach is coming to coach for you, you can't micromanage him constantly. I mean, you are the head coach and you are the man. But, listen, if somebody's going to come, they have to be able to have the confidence in that head coach that he is going to allow you to do his job. Uh, now, you know, listen, you got to certainly dot your T's or, or cross your T's and dot your I's. You have to make sure that everything is, is, is uh, you know, just that in order. But when it comes to practices or when it comes to meetings, you got to have a coach, uh, a head coach, and as, as as me with you, got to have that that type of relationship where you know that I'm going to do the right thing, and I know you expect me to do the right thing. Uh, and it's 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 awesome when you have that head coach that doesn't micromanage uh, too much. Yeah, it, I mean it just drives me crazy that these these places hire these coaches and then won't let them do the things they need to to win and and to win. And just because it may, you know, look, the, their style, I mean, Philip Palmer's style of coaching is not what I like. But they won a lot of football games, actually won the national title. Right. Football's changed way, you know. It changed so much since then. And But it drives me crazy that, you know, they they hunt these coaches and hunt these coaches and they won't let them do the right thing. Or, you know, <clears throat> this coach, you know, says, hey, Hey, I'm going to go to Tennessee. You know, I feel like Tennessee is one of the top places to coach. Should be a hot topic for most of these coaches. That's the the place you want to end your career at, at Tennessee. It is a big, big time school. I mean, it's like the second largest stadium. They say the facilities, uh, locker rooms, everything. I've heard several people say, hey, if you can just get them to the campus, they'll stay. Everybody says it's second to none. So, to me, people are to be fighting over that job. And, you know, if they are, I mean, it don't seem like they are, but get that guy, let him do his thing, see what happens. You can't just, you know, I think the, you know, Butch Jones, I think his, what he did was, you know, he went 500, he kept building and building. He ran some of the let some of those players go, like the Ferguson guy at Memphis. Look what he did. He's way better than any quarterback Tennessee's got on their roster right now. Now all his players that he signed, recruited, are seniors, and they had the worst year since he taken over. So the and worst worst ever in the yeah, ACC. Yeah, so I think that's what happened. You know, there. I, I mean, I don't know how to explain. I mean, they had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries last year. Um, obviously, he was a great recruiter. Um, things just happen, and you know, it just seems like to me that every coach there is is under somebody's thumb, and I can't stand that. Well, let me ask you this, Coach: What do you think? Like, and I'm sure Les Miles has met with Tennessee, and I'm sure uh, they they've had several conversations, maybe over the phone or face to face. But what do you think of some questions, maybe that Les Miles offered to Tennessee? If indeed, and I'm not saying you're not hearing it from here. I'm not saying that Les Miles walked out on Tennessee, but I'm just saying if they have met, what do you think Les Miles has actually asked Tennessee? Well, I think that when uh, when they told when I heard that the other AD had got fired, then my uh, 
Philip Palmer was hired, I knew Mike Leach was was not was not going out. Uh, uh, I can see that. I can because, absolutely agree with that. And I think I think that Philip Palmer and Les Miles, I think Les Miles felt like he was in the same position when he got fired at LSU had he went to Tennessee. I think that he was going to be, you know, <clears throat> like in Alabama, Nick Saban is the man. Right. I mean, do you think if they go 6-6 six and six next year, he's on the chopping block? No, not unless it's at least three or four years in a row. No. <laughs> right. So, you know, I don't see them going 6-6. Six and six. But what I'm saying is, it can happen. You lose two or three star players. I mean, it's hard to replace a starting quarterback, you know, So with experience and that kind of stuff. So, you know, Les Miles had that problem at, at LSU. You know, the guy's a great recruiter, but for some reason could never really get a great quarterback in there. But I think what happened to him there was he was getting ready to come into the same situation here at Tennessee. So, That's just what I think. So you think that whatever he's experienced in LSU, that he kind of saw the same thing? Yes. If indeed he did walk out, you think maybe he could have saw the same thing in uh, Philip yeah. Former and, yeah. and, and, and not take the Tennessee job? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Philip Former, the, the difficulty finding a coach now is that the temperament that, that uh, Former has uh, – that's what he's going to be looking at as a coach as opposed to actually how good of a coach this individual is. And I really believe that could end up coming back uh, to haunt you. Um, so, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? Well, you know, me and you was at a ball game the other day and I heard a guy tell another guy, Hey, I don't know what your Tennessee team's going to do now because um, over a coach and the Tennessee fan, Oh, we don't need to do nothing for two or three months. Well, that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard of. I mean, I don't know exactly when the national signing day is, but it's approaching within the next two or three weeks, sometime in there. So, and you know, when I told you, and we both looked at each other and said, "That's the craziest thing." And I, I mean, I don't think you just settle for anybody, but I think it's you're at this point, you've got to get a coach in place if you're going to get these recruits or keep these guys that you know that said they were going to come there. So, and that's why myself, I was hoping. They got Mike Leach. Um, I like that guy. I like, you know what, Washington got killed by somebody. What's he do? Come to the press conference, says, hey, we got the crap beat out of us. We sucked. I mean, what else you want the guy to say? I mean, he was honest, you know. He didn't – he don't sugarcoat things like that. And I, I like that. So, you know, I was hoping they'd get him, but obviously that's gone. I like the coach at uh, Ohio State, Shiano, Greg Shiano. Hey man, that guy coached at Rutgers, did a um, good job for uh, you know at uh, in the NFL. I thought uh, his hard nosed tactics didn't uh, um, seem to go good with a lot of those pro players, but I like that guy. Well, it just seems to me like the the firing of uh, of uh, Davis was uh, long overdue, especially when you're looking to see if you win your last game against Vanderbilt. Coach, we got a call. Uh, I think Cody is on the line. Uh, Cody, you there? How are we doing tonight, man? Hey, what's going on, Cody? Uh, just calling in. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yes, I well, want I to say thanks to Dave for helping me out last week. I want to thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> I've got I've got a 
burning question that everybody that it's, that I'm that I know is is just really wanting to know, and it's got to come from you, Dave. All right. The, the question is, if the Thunder win another, if and when the Tri City Thunder win another championship, what song are you going to dance to this time? <laughs> oh man, I I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll let one of the girls pick it out for me uh, <clears throat> during the year. Hey, you know what? One thing for sure, I stepped up and did it. Well, that's right. I mean, if if but if you're going to use the same if you're going to use the same song, you're just going to have you're going to have to give us something more. Maybe we'll. Bring a pole out or something. You never know. <laughs> hey, 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 Cody. I'm, I, I think this. I think we keep the same song, but we take off a shirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm game. I told, I told them girls a long time ago. They all the time want to see me dance and stuff. And I said, hey, we win a championship. I'll dance right in the center of the field. The Tina Turner private dancer. So. I'll let I'll let them pick one when the time comes. I'll let them pick one and and hey, I'll hold true to it. Well, that's good. That's good. I got another well, question. I just heard today. How in the heck does an how does a team that gets a loss in the regular season get into the playoffs? And teams that go to a championship game that might have lost get kicked out. I I still did, am pondering that. Okay. Yeah, we, me and Mike head. debate. Me and Mike debated that earlier in the show. He, he, he's with you. He don't, uh, he don't agree with it either. Now I myself agreed with it because, and only because Ohio State had two losses. If they had one loss, I would 100% agree with you. Yeah, but what about Wisconsin? They had one loss, and that was a championship game. Yeah, I, I, I well, you know. It's just like me and Mike said when we debated this earlier that there's there's not enough teams taken to that playoff because uh, they're leaving so many good teams out. That I mean we could sit here and talk about it all night, but until they start taking more teams, we're gonna have this conversation each year because they got five Power Five conferences and only four is guaranteed to get in. You know. Or right. four, there's only four spots for five teams. Let's put it that way. So, or four conferences. So, I think every year we're going until they add teams to that, at least six teams. You know, to make sure that all Power Five champions make it in, plus one other team. I think we're going to have this conversation. It's always going to be a conversation until they go to including. I personally think. All Division One conference championships should, or conference champions should go in, and then a couple at-large teams, and that's it. Because since this playoff systems began, you know bowls are nice, but who's really paying attention to these bowls? Yeah, well, and look how many bowls they have. See, by them having that uh, that playoff system, that freed up four bowl games basically. And they take other teams. I mean, you actually got teams going to play in bowl games with losing records, you know, whereas before you had to at least have six wins to get in. Now you're going to have teams with five wins and six losses 
playing in bowl games because there's not enough winning teams to to play in bowl games. I know. I know. I know. That's the part that's the money racket, and sort of like what I saw. Florida State get, gets to plays uh, Southern Mississippi. They were horrible this year, but it's just because yeah. they can bring in that money. Yeah, well, I think my, I mean, in my opinion, the solution to the problem with these teams, uh, like you say, Wisconsin getting in, is they're going to have to at least expand this playoff system to 16 at the very minimum to make sure that the Power Five champions get in plus one more team. I mean, to me, that's the only way. I just, I mean, I don't think it's it's just as unfair to leave USC, and I don't think USC is that good, but it's just as unfair to leave USC out when they won the Pac-12 as it was to leave Ohio State out, and they won the Big Ten. That's true. I mean, so it's selective. I know it is, but one can dream. Yeah. Well, you uh, you playing Santa Claus and delivering Christmas trees? I'm still playing. I'm still playing the fat man, and I'm I'm coming back and getting a truckload of trees right now. Well, man, we're glad you called in. You ever get to come see us when you get a chance? Oh, I, if I don't see you beforehand, it'll be the first full contact practice. Oh, do we have? I haven't noticed. Is there a thunder practice this Sunday? No, it's uh, practice will be on the tenth. That's this Sunday, Sunday coming yeah, up. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, this Sunday. Okay. Yep, At two? So. Yes, sir. Thank the two. One, yeah, two at the top. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cody, we do appreciate you calling in, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Have a good one, man. Same to y'all. You see, bud. All right, Mike. We appreciate Cody calling in. Let's get to some of these questions here. All right. Well, I'm going to the J.C. Hawks radio chat room, and our first question is from Sandy. How many teams do you think uh, just choose the first coach that come along because they're worried no one else would volunteer for the team? I, I think a lot of these teams uh, panic, and like we said, in you know, even these people hiring coaches and paying them, I think that, uh, you know, somebody comes along with a big name, I think they just jump on him and not do the research, and then, you know, women's football. Um, I think it happens a lot, Sandy, and I, I mean, if if you're – look, I mean, this is our fourth year, and, you know, I'm fortunate. Like Mike's been with me for going on uh, three years, and and we've had uh, Tony, it's to be his second year, and Cody's been helping us, but he's going to be officially a coach this year. And, you know, it's – it's tough. I mean, I, I set out, uh, had another guy help me the first year and, um, I, but I set out to, you know, to do it myself. And, you know, it's one of them deals. I didn't panic when, you know, I've had all kinds of offers. People come along, Hey man, I'll coach, I'll coach. But you know, when I talk to them, I, I mean, I can talk to them five minutes and know they're not the right person for me. And, 
you know, I think these teams get in too big a hurry. Like you say, afraid they're not going to get anybody out there. Uh, you know what? If, if there's any of these teams out there thinking you uh, uh, can't get the right coach, I don't care what area you're in or something. You you give us a shout. We'll see if we can't uh, help you find somebody or help you uh, broaden your search or, you know, help you get questions to, you know, get somebody better. At least point you in the right direction on how to find that right coach as opposed to just settling. You never want to settle for a coach just because you think you have to have one because when the time comes, you're not having one. Don't settle. Do your research uh, and, and find that right one. Uh, and, and like I said, call us and we'll help you out. All right, question number two, Kim B, is it hard? It's hard enough getting one coach uh, for the team, but how do you go about getting an offense and a defense and a special teams coach, et cetera, to stay with the team? Well, uh, first first of all, I, um, you know, you've got to have a head coach in place that is willing to willing and can coach all those positions until you find that right person. Mm. And, you know, once you find – you can find – you need to find that offensive coordinator as soon as you can. If You know, most head coaches have a lot of offensive play calling, but you need a lot of help in that offense on the offensive line with receivers. It is hard for one coach to coach all those positions. One coach can coach defense pretty much. I mean, it's more self-explanatory. You know, special teams, um, I don't know how much, you know, a lot of teams work on special teams. I mean, we do a lot of our conditioning through special teams, but, I mean, up until probably two or three weeks, other than kicking extra points or field goals, up until two or three weeks before the season, we really don't work on it much because we've got so much usually so many rookies or new players that we have so much other things to work on. Finding, you know, it's just like finding any coach. You have to go through a process and make sure you get the right one. And a lot of it depends on how many players you have as to how many coaches you need. Yeah, you know, uh, I agree. I think, you know, listen, absolutely it's the same the same type. Uh, you, you do your research, and you, but you definitely want that offensive coordinator Listen, offense is all about timing. It's all about precision. Defense is more of a reactionary force. Uh, you really – defense, let's, put, let's face it, you're going to where the football is, and you're, you're not getting beat long, and you're making sure that you make tackles. So that's kind of something that you can work on. As long as you have them athletes, you can get that. Get that offensive coordinator. Uh, and how do you get them to stay there? Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you big. know, defense, you don't have to have as many skilled Skill, right, players right. as you do on offense. And somebody to work so much individually with those skilled players. Well, that's a, that's a great question, Kim. I do appreciate that question. Uh, next question is from Lindsay. How many teams have you coached before this team, and what makes you want to stay with this team? Well, I, didn't co- I haven't coached any, and I stay with this team, but mainly – because you own it? Uh, because I own it. I mean, <laughs> of course. But, I mean, you know, naturally, I mean, when I we first started the team, I didn't set out to coach it. Um, but when I couldn't find the right coach, like I said, we went through the process. I talked to several people. When I couldn't find that right coach, you know, I knew it was falling back on me. The more I talked to somebody, the more I got that feeling that, they didn't have the things in mind that I had. I had a, uh, 
um, dreams for this team, way I wanted things done, and I just couldn't find the right person. I mean, the person I could find, wanted to get to do it was my brother. He was way too busy. Um, he would have been a great coach for it. He didn't have the time. So, you know, it fell on to me. You know, now, um, some point, if, you know, if I'd sell the team or, or whatever the case may be, I don't know, you know, I might uh, go coach uh, another women's team or something. But that ain't, you know, in the future. I would like to, uh, um, you know, find a, a team that, a men's team or something, college or high school or something that nobody wants the job that, I mean, just, they're terrible. I'd like an opportunity to try to turn one of those around. That's, you know, I just, I don't know. That's just been a, a dream of mine to, to do. I know it takes a lot of time. I don't even know if I have the time to do it, but you know, the thoughts of being able to turn something around that nobody wants because they're so bad or nobody can't do it just seems like, you know, when people say you can't do it, that's sort of our motto. We do it. And, you know, so I don't know if that answers your question. I tried. Um, but, you know, this this is really um, – this has made me not only a better coach but a better person, better understanding of things, you know. Um, I feel like I could – honestly, I feel like I could coach basketball or football after – doing this you know i wish i'd have pursued it years and years ago so i hope i hope that answered your question i've uh i've coached uh five minor league men's football teams and i've done some i dabbled a little bit in high school with offense coordinator and, and such uh i what makes me want to coach these these girls uh i've talked about it before is the rawness of it but let me tell you something. I, I truly and genuinely love coaching this team because I love each and every one of these players. They 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 give everything they can when they have it to give to you, and uh, you couldn't ask for more. Now we we certainly have our, our ups and downs like every team, but um, you know I have three daughters, but I like to say that I have uh, 14, 15, 24 more other daughters. Uh, with the Thunder, and I, I tell you, it's just the love that I have for these girls that makes me want to stay with them even more. Uh, I'll never coach uh, another men's team as long as uh, a men's team. Yeah. A men's team, though, right. as long as I'm coaching. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, that's a great question. We do appreciate it. Uh, all right, we got a question from your probably your favorite player of all time. Okay. D. D. Holiday. All right. 52, the 52 champ. 52, the champ. All right, here we got a question. Actually, she sent a slew of questions. And I'm going to read the first question here. It says, what should a player look for in a coach? Well, you know, I, when I played, um, the coach I hated the most, had the, I had the most success with. Once I realized that he actually had my best interest in mind, you know, at hand, and he showed me through hard, um, hard, I don't know his hand. I mean, it was it was tough the way he coached me, but he made me the player I was because he showed so much interest in me. He held me to higher standards than he did everybody else. So, as a player, you want to look for that coach that's going to challenge you at every corner. You know what I mean? Wants to hold you to higher standards. You know, and it's just like I told D. You before the year started last year. You can be as good as you want to be, you know. 
it's all up to you. She got mad about it, then she thought about it and said, hey, you know, look what a year she had this year. After, you know, the year she had before, she's, she's starting to gain some knowledge. And, uh, you know, hard work pays off. So when you're looking for uh, – if you're a player – you know, now a lot of people don't want to come to us and play. I mean, that's obvious. We don't, you know, we're too hard or, you know, we don't uh, we don't cater to them or we don't kiss their hind end or, you know, we like to win. And, you know, to me, and maybe we'll get into it sometime, these girls expect too much sportsmanship. To me, sportsmanship is when the game is over, you walk across the field and shake hands, or you can meet in the center, say a prayer, talk to them, whatever. During that game, you play offense or you play defense, you play, you don't worry about what's going on with them. That has nothing to do with sportsmanship. And I think that goes, I think a lot of these girls think, well, well they didn't help me up. That's not their position to help you up. You've got 10 other teammates. Let them help you up. You know, so – you know, that's our, our attitude, our motto. Some people think, oh, they, they don't know this, that, and other. So, you know, that that's my opinion, D. D also wants to know is what should a player look for in a team? <laughs> well, just, you know, almost the same thing you look for in a coach. You want to um, – if I'm a player and, and I got an opportunity to go play for a team, not necessarily that, that maybe – they're not as good as another team, but but I like the players and the way the coaches do things. Um, you know the extra mile that the coaches go. Uh, you know, tell me like it is, not what I want to hear. That that's the kind of stuff you look for. Yeah, I think you know exactly. Looking what you're looking for in a coach and a team probably is about the same. Uh, as a coach, I want the players to look to us to be the ones that are going to make them a better player and a better person off the field. Uh, and go the extra mile. Somebody that's going to help them become a better player and not just wear the term coach across their yeah. their, their shirt or uh, uh, whatever it is you have on the website or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Um, also, D wants to know is how many coaches should a team have, Coach? Well, I think, you know, if at the, at the women's level, um, now we haven't played any teams that, that's had 50 or 60. Uh, naturally, you get that many, you need a bunch of coaching. I mean, you need a line coach, you need a receiver's coach, quarterback's coach, running back, you know, a couple defense guys. You definitely need a lot. Um, if you're a small team, four coaches is, is a plenty. I mean, more than that, they get in the way. Um, you know, then you got them standing on top of one another and in practice, you know, one coach telling a player something, another coach telling them something else, and they're confused. I think you can get too many. You know, I think even even if you only have 15 or 20 players, I think four coaches is, is a plenty because if if nothing else, at at practice you can you can help those girls and work on things. But when you go to play those games, man, it's hard to watch everything. It's hard to keep up with everything. I mean, we played a team this year, several teams, that only had one coach. And, and I mean, it was – there's no way they know exactly what's going on the whole time. And, I mean, I myself, yeah. you know, have did it, coached a few games. 
uh, by myself, and you you just can't you can't know what's going on the well, whole time. It's impossible, you know. So it's impossible, and and you can't do a good good job with your team. That's why it's important. Now, look, if you can't find a coach that has the same goals in mind, you're better off to do it yourself. Or if you can't say, hey, Mike, here's what I need you to do during this game. This is the one thing I need you to do. You've got to be able to trust in that person to do it. If they're not willing to do it, you're just better off to do it yourself. So, you know, I think a lot of it depends on how many players you got, how many coaches you can find that have their same thing, same goals in mind, and and have the knowledge to do what one coach asked them to do and relay that. So, you know, it's tough. Uh, I mean, look, ideally you'd like to have a coach per position, offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, receiver, and so forth. And then that coach have an assistant coach and that assistant coach have an intern. Well, that's great if you're big and that's great if you're in college or in the pros or maybe even a high school. Uh, but, the the more the more players you have, you need coaches because you don't want that crucial time in practice of players just standing around. Uh, but we're certainly not saying go out and just grab any coach that you can. And like Coach was saying, you certainly uh, if you can't find that one coach or a coach or a group of coaches that you can't trust or it doesn't fit your culture, then yes, you are better off doing it yourself. So uh, again, it it really depends on what the head coach is looking for, and it it really depends on on, on how big your team is. Uh, lastly, D would like to know, how do you feel about teams that have a different coach each year? Well, I think um, when when you look at the team's record, that, that speaks for itself. I mean, you know, we sort of talked about that when um, they're talking about this college, hiring these college coaches earlier. You can't get um, that foundation laid changing coaches every year uh, I mean we see it in teams not far from us that they change coaches a lot they ha- they you know don't win very many games have a lot of talent you know I think at certain positions but you know by by changing those coaches this is what I feel you get by changing those coaches every year you're allowing that player to gain more in themselves that they think they know more than the coach. Mm-hmm. And that is so demising. That tires a team apart. They think that they know more than a coach. And let me tell you something. There's no better quarterback than Tom Brady. Now, he might be able to tell you after on the field what he sees and all this. That man has a coach. Matter of fact, he's got several coaches. Right. So, look, just because you think you know more than a coach don't mean you know more than a coach. You know, I've seen seen a a team I'm talking about. Um, I met their coach the first year. He was an old school guy. Really did fundamentals. I, I think, myself personally, he was doing things the right way. He was taking baby steps, but he wasn't doing it fast enough for them. Some of the team players go to the women's football camp that they have, come back. Well, they know everything, man. Those coaches down there, they want they tell them what they want to hear. Let's just tell like it is. They paid 
to go down there so those guys can tell you what they want to hear, not necessarily knowing anything about you or your team or about what you have on your team. They pay to hear this guy say, oh, you can do this, you should do this, blah, blah, blah. And they come back, and all of a sudden this guy's an idiot, so they get rid of him. You know what I mean? Then they get other coaches. Then they get rid of him. Look at the record, man. Look at their players' attitude. I mean, let's just tell it like it is. I mean, look, look at their attitudes. When you start thinking you know more than the coaches you're playing for, and it's time for those coaches or somebody to move on. Yeah, I think you. in order to answer that question, you have to ask a question. And the question to me would be, how good would Tom Brady be if he had had a different coach every year or every other year? How good would Ben Roethlisberger be if he had a different coach every year or every other year? So I think to answer that question, you have to really just take a moment, do some homework and do some research and look and ask the question, how good would this team be? if this team didn't have the uh, the structure in that same coach every year. And I think you had to end up ask, or answering your own question with saying it's extremely, it's extremely frustrating to see, uh, to see that we have uh, uh, teams that are, are, are switching coaches every year, or every other year. Um, and just, again, if you want to know that answer to that question, then you should actually 100% uh, – Ask the question, how good would certain teams be if these coaches weren't around? Well, I think I think you look at our team. I think had we changed coaches after the first year, we changed coaches after the second year, and we changed coaches after the third year. I, I don't think that – well, first of all, I don't think we win a championship. And I don't know – I mean, we're like 21-5 and five or something – over three years of football, the team I'm talking about is five and twenty-one. But now we, you, you didn't change head coach. No, right? It was it was no. certain certain coaches right. within the system, but the right. foundation stayed the same with right. the head coach. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. A head coach is what you've got to have right in place. That's what that person, whether he does much coaching or not, he has to be the go-to guy. He has to be the person that runs right. that deal. Right when. One of the coaches, uh, assistant coaches, are not doing what he thinks they need to do. He has to be the bad person to go to them and say, hey, we're not going to do it that way. Now, you know what? It happens all the time that, especially in, in women's, I think, and I think it's a process that it takes about two good years to transform from the women, from the men's game to the women's game. I think it's a process. I just don't think you can walk in to from coaching men to the women's and get it because they don't get it. You say stuff to women that you said to those guys, and they're looking at I mean, even now. I mean, I just told uh, J.C. the other day, me and her was having a conversation. We did an IQ, football IQ test on all of our players, new and veterans. I'm I'm ashamed to tell you how the grade was. Very surprised at how the grade. Yeah, was. and and so you know what? That's that's what you got. You know when you deal with the women, and you got to understand that. So we do more coaching, more hands-on coaching than than I see any teams out here doing. Period. So when you look at the structure of having that coach around all the time, okay, 
or let's say, for example, <clears throat> let's say Tom Brady, we're talking about the Patriots a lot. Let's talk about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is, let's say he's sick or he leaves, okay? Now you have that extension of a coach on the field, which is Tom Brady. So a question arises now, is, is it better to have a one go-to guy or is it better to have the whole team to rally against or rely on? Well, I think, I think that your go-to person, if, if you're talking about – that's a tough question. It's a good question. I think that a go-to person has to be a receiver, running back, or quarterback. Other than that, we're talking about defense. They all have to rally to one. I mean, you really just don't see one D. De- I mean, J.J. Watt is great. Right. And he disrupts a lot of games. But you really don't see him um, taking, uh, you know, taking turns really disrupting the whole game. You know what I'm saying? Right. The whole game. So, uh, you know, that um, that just – I don't know. I think it's from a defense perspective. And, you know, getting back to, to the football IQ, and, and I don't want – everybody can misread that. But, I mean, I'll guarantee you, Mike, it ain't just our players if we give this football IQ test. And when we ask them, I mean, we ask them field size. Just we ask them a lot of questions that men should absolutely know. You know, women just don't know. And I mean, it, I'm not trying to to like to say diminish or demise any of our players. I was just, you know, stunned that some of them just don't have a clue of of what you know what some of these simple answers are. Some of them passed it with flying colors, but you know. It, it is what it is, and, and that's why we practice. That's why we get better. You know, we want them to gain that knowledge. I didn't expect them to come in there and all make 100 on it, you know. That's why we give them the, the test. So, um, But the question to be um, is the go-to, the one go-to person, I think, has to be the quarterback, running back, receiver, somebody that, can you know most time a go-to person is when you need points or something you know what i mean sure yeah. when you need on defense when you need a stop it's usually several it's, people it's a collective effort, yeah, yeah it's so it's sort of the team so <clears throat> that's you know that's my my opinion man I, I agree i think to make a play it's obviously it's going to be a skill position uh but i i you know it's kind of a double-edged sword with me and i think if you need a big play, it's obviously going to be a receiver, a running back, or your quarterback. Uh, but if it's somebody to just kind of rev up the engine a little bit, get everybody excited, it could be anybody oh, right. on the no. field. No. Uh, but uh, and you're, it, it's a tough question. It really is uh, because we don't really have uh, – I, I, I haven't never really been in the position to observe where uh, any of the teams that I've coached have been in such a, a rut. Not that we've always been good but we've just been in such a rut where there isn't one person that's made a play or made a play. Uh, but it's a very good question. Well, I, I, I think back to this question, and this is pretty much sums it up. We're at West Virginia. We're in a dogfight game. We're behind. They got the ball. They're driving. We have to get a stop to have a chance to win this game. 
So at that point, our defense steps up several different players. When you watch the film, several different players had an impact, and our defense stopped them, right? Then what happened? Our quarterback threw a pass to our receiver. He gets the ball down the field, and then the running back takes it on in for the score. So, you, you know, there's four people. Well, the defense ain't one person, but four right. things happen. The whole defense stopped it, and then the quarterback makes the throw to the receiver, and then the running back takes it on in. So that's sort of a my my opinion, a four-part answer to that question. Well, it just goes back where you made a statement, uh, I don't know, last show or the show before that, where football is the ultimate team sport, and it's not basketball. Basketball, you have one player catch fire. He can score 15, 20 points in a matter of three minutes. Mm. But in football, uh, you have one guy or one lady or one girl rally the troops, and then what that means is everybody else takes notice and they kind of pull through together. Well, I mean, naturally, our offensive line had to block. I mean, It just goes down the thing, but when you talk about it, the offensive line had to give the quarterback time, but the quarterback and a and a at that moment when we had to have I mean it was like third down and something at that time, we had to have a good throw. The receiver has to catch it, right, makes a move, gets down the field, and then the running back I mean, so it's you know, the those to me are, you know, the four parts answers to that question. Um you know, I, I don't know, um, you know, how else you could answer it, but that's, uh, you know, to me, that's that's what I my opinion of it is. And, and I think that, um, you know, you want to build on that. I mean, our, we had we had 31 turnovers last year, um, mm. as good as as good as our offense was at times. I felt like our defense really kept us in games. Um, you know, I mean, we, in a couple games, we really scored a lot of points. But in several games, we sort of struggled to move the ball at, you know, at times. And our, you know, our turn, we didn't have very many turnovers. But when they did, they, we did, they were costly and put our defense in a tough situation. And, and they held up. All year long, I think that that was really our, you know, if I had to pick one thing that really uh, solidified one thing to say that that was better than anything else on our team, I would have to say our defense would, you know, and we played a lot of different personnel right in there, and they all played good. I mean, everybody at some point or another, we rotated in and played. And I think that was um, the the best part of our whole season. I mean, we had 31 takeaways, if, if that tells you anything, you know. And that's that's saying a lot. The defense definitely put us in a position to score a lot short field wise. I mean, yes. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of times that we had to drive 60, 70 yards because no. I mean the defense had held right. their job and give us such a short field to work with. Right. So. Uh, D also wants to know, I think this just got sent in here. It says, uh, do you think that Alabama has gotten complacent, uh, complacent, which is why they are not as good? No, I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, just like we said in the question, in the last um, two years, they've had three offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. 
um, goes right back to different systems. Um, same quarterback, different system, different personnel. Um, you know, Alabama's M.O. is play great defense, uh, pound the ball at you, um, and, uh, you know, run it down your throat, you know, hit you with big plays. And I think that they haven't, you know, actually did that as well as, as they have in the past. Now, maybe teams are just, you know, I think I think all these teams are getting better, Mike. I think that, you know, a guy that truthfully could go to Alabama and maybe be the number two guy, can go somewhere else and be the number one guy, I think he wants to be the number one guy. So I don't think they've got complacent. I just think that everybody is catching up to what they're doing. But I really think that having three offensive coordinators in two years has has hurt them as as much as anything. Well, I mean, let's 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 look. Let's face it. First of all, I think Nick Saban isn't going to allow a team of his under his watch to be complacent. But what are we talking about complacent? They're eleven and one. Okay, they went eleven and one in the SEC, and here we. I mean, and we have a question, and and, and this and this question isn't just from D. It's probably from a lot of oh, Alabama. Yeah. Listen, why didn't we go undefeated? Listen, eleven and one in the SEC. Come on, are you kidding me? To go five hundred in the SEC is tough. But to be eleven and one and to be in the position that they are right now to possibly win another championship, I'm not gonna say that they've been complacent. I think that you're right. I think that the SEC is catching up. I think the recruitment for other schools is getting is getting better. I think certainly Auburn in the last couple of years has had their numbers. Uh, it, I don't, and that game was at Auburn. And it was at Auburn. Right, so turnovers are scored off. Right, of, right. They so, scored several points it, off of two turnovers. And, so. well, I don't remember the score of the game, but it was like fourteen points. Right? Right. So I mean, that's that's a, that's a, a relatively yeah. close game. But I, complacent at eleven and one. Yeah. I think we talk about complacent if when they are five and you know under five hundred or above yeah, five hundred. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. You know, I agree. Well, uh, you know, we I wish we could talk all night, but hey, I want to. Uh, Tell everybody, you know, if you want to check out the USWFL website, it's USWFL.net. The website for the Tri-Cities Thunder is TriCitiesThunder.com. The Facebook for the USWFL is USWFL Football League. And for the Tri-Cities Thunder, it's Tri-Cities Thunder Women's Football. Uh, you know, anybody out there listening that has a team here on the East Coast or relatively close to wants to join a good league, hey, we're working hard to make sure that, uh, you know, we have a good, solid league with um, quality teams. We're not worried so much about quantity as we are quality. So, you know, that's that's what we're about. And, uh, you know, if any women's out there listening, live close, want to play for a good team, hey, man, we, we work hard. Uh, we feel like we've got a good team. Um, Feel like that we're gonna have to, uh, you know, work harder this year than ever before. So, um, if you want to play for a, a good team or some winners, um, give us a call. One thing I do want to talk about uh, before we go is I went to the boys and girls game last night at Mary Hughes, and man, they they both teams played better than than I've seen them play all year. I mean, the boys put up over a hundred. In a middle school game, man, put up, I think it was like 112 to 18 or something. And 
and the the starters only played about a half. I wow. mean they and the girls won like seventy eight to sixteen or something. And you would have been proud. Um, the other team's girls coach actually, dude, he was up. He was coaching from the time the game started. I I felt like he should have been coaching the boys. Um, he was a younger guy. And he actually coached and worked with them girls, even though they got killed. They were just outmatched. I mean, you've seen them play. And, um, I mean, like Dylan, I don't know. Dylan probably had 30 points. I don't know. And and uh, Caleb Worley, he's their, uh, another good player. He had a bunch of points. I mean, they all, they all played good. Riley had like six blocks and I don't know how many assists and probably 20-some points. And, um, they they was players, you know. I talked to their coach, um, Hank Hare, um, before, and you know, me and him talked about. I mean, everybody's expecting both teams to to win it all, and I mean, we know how tough that is to win it all. And you know, they have three really really good players on that women's or on the girls team, and they, you know, me and Hank talked about. It. They got two other players, and, and usually got six players they play a lot. And, you know, for them to win it, they're going to have to – those other players are going to have to pick it up. And I'll tell you, they've really gotten better. Last night, I've seen a couple of them really step up and play better than I have. And 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 the same thing in the boys' game. Those other guys, I mean, they're, they played, man. I mean, you put up 112 in a middle school game, and you're five – well, your two best players don't play, but maybe two and a half quarters. You know, you're you're doing it. So um, they play again Thursday night. Uh, we might get a chance to go watch them play. But uh, hey, my hats off to them. I know that's impressive. It, it, it is, and I mean, it's just you know, everybody, everybody's looking to knock them from the ranks. You know, and and everybody's coming up to them. Hey, we seen a team down here that that, you know, we think can get you. And so, you know, everybody's gunning for them. And, and it's sort of – my hat's off to them for one thing because, look, I've been on both sides of winning big and losing big. But I'm going to tell you, when when you got an opportunity to go undefeated and win it all, you cannot worry about the other team's feelings. Your players need that playing time, man. I mean – these guys only getting to play a half is is not good, Mike. I mean, really, you know, it. they need to play a lot. And you say, well, man, they're, they're running up score. I mean, it wasn't like they were coming down. I mean, they were passing three or four times, and then the open player was taking a the shot. They need that playing time. And, I, I mean, the other team was mad. Their players was getting mad, you know, wanting to fight, really fouling, this kind of stuff, staring down. I get it. I like the intensity, but hey, it's not their job to stop themselves. I say that all the time. You know? I, I, I say this a lot too, and and, and I, I've always been a, a, a an advocate of this. And this is the rule that I've always lived by in sports. If you get beat by a hundred, or you deserve to be beat by a hundred, it's not the other team's job to not score points and teach their team to bet, to lower their standard and to what it is that they're trying to do as, as far as win a championship. If you win a game 100 to nothing, okay, then 
you deserve to get beat 100 to nothing at any level. And I'm sorry that it sounds like that I, I it's coming out kind of like, you know, it was a big stone gap they played. And I, I'm sorry that it was the outcome was like Bulls it was. Gap, yeah. Bulls gap. I'm sorry that it happened like that. But listen, you know, just you got to work harder. That should be even well, more incentive to work harder. Here, here's here's what people don't understand, and and the fans of these other teams, you know, don't get it. Now, their their rule is now if they get in a game where they're going to get a game, they're going to press the whole game. Hmm. But for right now, they're killing everybody. They're 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 going to play their game for that first half. They're not worried about your feelings. They're not worried about your team. They're going to play their game for that first half. That means you're going to get the press from the time the whistle blows at halftime. So they've got to – man, they've got to pray too. They've got to prepare for on down the road. Now, now we're I talking about Are we talking about the opposing team or are we talking about Mary Hughes? Mary Hughes. Mary they're Hughes. going to play – they're going to press you and play their starters right. the first half. Right. Both teams, boys right. and girls, and they're going to press you because, look, they're going to play – they're going to get into competition at some point. There's just no way they can avoid it. If they're not prepared because they were beating everybody that wasn't up to their standards, then they're going to – they're not going to be prepared for these better teams. So no, they don't even care what happens in the first half. It ain't about – trying to beat you 100 to nothing. It's about playing their game. Right. Now, come second half, they back out of that press. No matter who's in there, they back out of that press. But they're going to play defense, and they're going to continue to try to score. Right. Now, if if you don't like that, do something about it. That's my motto. And I, and I, I agree. Mean, uh, it's, not, it's not Mary Hughes' job to not score. It's the other team's job to keep them from scoring or coaches to make them better, whatever the case may be, to to get their kids ready to play. Well, the rules are already geared to even help them out. they got to run in clock. Once yeah. you get up to a certain uh, score, the uh, points, the, the clock continues to run. So, my my, you know, I'm just sort of giving a hats off to them because, Absolutely. you know, they're playing these, these – I say weaker opponents because you've seen them and I've seen them. I mean, they're just nowhere near ready to play that caliber of basketball. And Murray Hughes is playing the way they need to play up until that point. So, But, you know, on the other side of that coin, Coach, too, is if they're winning games like they are, they are preparing in the sense that right. their bench players are getting a, a lot of right. playing time yeah, that is valuable and yeah. it will help right. down the field. So. so, you know, I just want to say that, you know, it's hard when you're killing teams to keep that intensity up, you know, and everybody wants to get offended by getting beat that bad. And, look, we've been beat that bad. We've beat teams that bad. Yeah. And it's just how how do we go out there and tell our players not to score? Well, you don't. (laughs) I I mean, you can't, as a coach, you can't, you shouldn't be able to look in your player's face and say don't score. You shouldn't be able to. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's the topic for tonight. Thank all the questions. Thanks, uh, Cody, for calling in, and uh, Dee for sending all the questions and the people that sent them um, through the chat room and all that. And uh, like I said, anybody got anything uh, they want to ask us or our help with, send it to us. We'll get it. 
If not, we'll see you next Tuesday night. We want to thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for giving us the opportunity to talk football and sports. And it uh, shouldn't be too long. We can get back to talking women's football more than we have been. So uh, thank everybody for listening. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.